And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thanks for being here. We made it to Friday, didn't we? He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Woo-hoo. You hear they got a new... Uh, Lung cancer pill showing earth-shattering results in a five-year study. Mm. Uh, It's sold under the name of Tegriso. I can't pronounce (laughs) the scientific name. Uh, But it's available to patients with stage uh, 1B to 3A lung cancer who have certain genetic mutation and have had surgery to remove cancerous tumors. According to those patients, uh, Tegriso was shown to reduce the five-year risk of recurrent cancer by up to 73% and the risk by up to 51%. In the world of oncology, that is earth-shattering, said uh, one oncologist on that. Hmm. In the past, we've been happy with 5 or 10%, and now we're talking about in excess of 50% improvement in survival. So, it's good news. Osimertinib. <laughs> that's that's what it is. That's close to how I was going to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we actually lead an hour with good news. No, that is there's, great there's... news. Uh, you know, some really outstanding news. That yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, other one, one, uh, we had the debate the other day. Oh, by the way, did you see? I asked, <laughs> will it draw more than the World Series? Remember, I asked that question. Oh, the because uh, the World debate? Series was record low. Yeah, it did not. Oh, it drew, I think, only seven and a half million people down mm. from 13 million. I think the first debate had. Okay. So, so well, because, and I think, you know, everyone is waiting for Donald Trump to be on that stage i mean that's mm-hmm. we uh, let's just say all right you you wanted to learn something about the other candidates which is the case for a lot of people or you just want to see you know what points they're going to make 
after the first couple of debates, you kind of know where they stand. You know what they're going to say. You know, you, 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 you've seen it before, likely. If you're interested enough in the debate, it most likely means that you're already involved enough to know, number one, how the debates work, how it's going to go, what what it means when they all get, go after one opponent, uh, those types of things. And then also, again, what the candidates stand for. If you're actively involved, you know that. And And the rest is, I don't know, some kind of m- morbid sense of entertainment. <laughs> and now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Well, when I did watch the debate yesterday, the one thing that I picked up on, because when we got on the air, I saw a lot of clips of it, but I just didn't have the didn't have the time because of my schedule when I wake up. Right, right. Uh, I didn't have the will, so yeah, and, right. <laughs> and... And so I, I saw the uh, the back and forth on Social Security. Mm, yeah. And DeSantis basically, and I think he's being sensitive to the Trump criticism, Wall Street Journal pointed it out that the Trump campaign, when, uh, remember, uh, DeSantis supported Paul Ryan's entitlement reforms while in Congress, mm. and, and the campaign said at the time, now this is rhetoric on steroids from the Trump campaign. You ready for this? All right. DeSantis is colluding with his globalist handlers to go full never Trump in order to gaslight the people into thinking that Medicare and Social Security should be ripped away from hardworking Americans. So they were all asked yesterday about Social Security. Nikki Haley and Chris Christie argued for gradually raising the retirement age for younger Americans. DeSantis dismissed the idea saying, when life expectancy is declining, declining, I don't see how you could raise it uh, in the other in the other direction. Wall Street Journal makes the point, yeah, but it just dropped for a couple of years because of COVID. It'll go right back up again, right? And so you're still going to have that uh, you're still going to have that problem. 
But and and basically, it's the article is on uh, DeSantis and Trump Social Security punt that both of them are saying, "Oh no, it's all going to be fine. We really can't do anything." That's the point the article's trying yeah. to make on it. Yeah, and they do point out that and and this is the one concern that I've always had about Trump. I never know what direction he's going to go in. Now, luckily, when he and I voted for him twice, mm-hmm. and when he became uh, president, a lot of the things he said he was going to do, I didn't like. He ended up reversing them when he got into office. One mm-hmm. of the things, and every time I say this, I get people furious at me, but it's the truth. There's, I have no reason to lie on it. Uh, when he talked about what he was going to do with USMCA, you know, the new free trade uh, agreement. And we had to, when it was done, we had to tell people that it's really not much different at all. Very little different uh, than NAFTA. Uh, but his loyal supporters bought it. I got rid of NAFTA, and I renamed it. But they really didn't change it much at all. And the things they right. did change, mm. the, the, in fact, the thing that he promoted the most made making auto parts in the United States, Canada, and Mexico more expensive. And as we stated on the air, that was the thing he promoted the most, is that, you know, he made it so, you know, he made it so uh, it was more expensive for Mexico and Canada to produce auto parts, which would make it more expensive across the board for an American citizen, which meant more, who's buying a vehicle, which meant more likely that would be shipped overseas. But he promoted that as a great accomplishment, and we disagreed with him. But we complimented him on the fact that he didn't do the massive protectionist things that he was talking about was going to be in USMCA. And, yeah. and so that was, so I view that as good. So a lot of the things he flipped back and forth on. Remember, when we talk about it, and we had talked about the constitutional proposition in Texas, mm-hmm. which still amazed us because it was the fact that the uh, the constitutional amendment is the legislature cannot propose a net worth or wealth tax unless the people get a vote on it. And you would just think that that is something that would pass, even in the state of Texas, 52 to 48, because the wealth tax has been promoted as the great solution to balancing the budget because we tax the rich on their wealth. Mm. And, of course, it won't do that. It it would make them, if you do it in a state, it will make them leave the state, which is why California wants to have a a uh, lifelong wealth tax, where if you leave the state, they'll still tax you years after you've left the state. Yeah, I don't that, know. I, I had confidence that it would go the way that it went. Um in in urban areas in 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 the blue areas of Texas, and that's basically what you saw, the hardcore Democrats pushing back on it. But I think that there has been uh, in states like Texas and and pro growth states, there has been this understanding that when you hear these words of going after the wealthy and going after the big corporations, what it really means is a power grab, and the greater benefit is for the government and not the people. And well, so we, I, we know that does I, I'm, and by the way, I'm happy with it. I was mm-hmm, just pleasantly yeah. surprised because it was what? 65 to 35. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think, or, I think, or, or maybe 68. So something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, final. it was such a landslide number and I'm just saying, well, the reason I'm impressed is because the Repo- Democrats have pounded the wealth tax as a solution and it and it targets only the rich, only the rich, only the rich. So to get that huge, of course you're going to get the loyal 
uh, you know, uh, uh, Democrats. But remember, remember how close uh, Skater Boy came to beating Ted Cruz for the Senate Mm -hmm. just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So to have on the actual issue well, I itself. Think a, I think a couple of things there. I think, keep in mind, that was right after, that, or not long after, that was two years after 2016 when Ted Cruz did the whole vote your conscience thing and got put off the stage at the Republican National Convention. I think a lot of that also had to do with Ted Cruz, oh, not I, just oh, I, I know Boy. I know it did, but when it came down to it, Ted Cruz is much more conservative than Skater Boy. Yeah. And that didn't make it. But he was. He, but, I think but he was pers- still scarred by but 2016. Per- but personally, got involved in that, and so you're wondering to yourself, okay, if 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 the the state of Texas will do it that close, I never saw 6535 on the wealth tax coming. I'm pleasantly surprised that it that it was that way. Yeah, I kind of expected it to fall along the lines that it did. Yeah, I, I was. I yeah. that that's still surprised me, but it's it's good. It's good mm-hmm. that that happened, but. Mm-hmm. For example, on, on wealth tax, the person who first brought the wealth tax really mainstreamed it was Trump. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that he was promoting the wealth tax, what else was Trump promoting back 20 years ago? He was com- promoting completely reforming Social Security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. Completely. He wanted 20 years ago to raise a retirement age to 70. And he wanted private re, private retirement accounts. Now Trump doesn't want to touch it at all, saying we don't do, need to do anything to it, which we, we do. And if you wish to reform the entitlement programs, then his campaign is calling you a globalist that, that you're colluding with your globalist handlers because you want a fiscally sane <laughs> Social Security and Medicare program. Yeah. Which, right, which yeah. again, which Trump are you going to get? You know, we mentioned it yesterday, and we mentioned it when he said it, when he said his, all the stuff on abortion. Any other Republican candidate who would have said that in the past, just to show you the change in the Republican Party, would have lost five to ten points mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from Republican Christians. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose a point at all. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, as we asked, what do Republicans really want? What do the rank and file voters want? Are they changing that much? And so when you see DeSantis coming out, now we already knew that about Trump, but DeSantis coming out saying, no, we shouldn't raise the age. Well, what do you plan on doing then? Is the Republican Party now just going to ignore it? Now you had you had Christian Haley say, you need to you need to raise the retirement age for younger Americans, and as the Wall Street Journal points out, that still isn't going to be enough. Yeah. Well, it's going to require a massive shift, and politically, there are only a few moves that you can make, and they start with the wealthy and big corporations. And that is, all right, companies with this many employees or more, they're going to have to pay more. And you're going to also see the move to uh, do away with the, um, uh, the, the cap on the FICA. That is somewhere around, I don't know, 150000 a year. Well, that's going to change, likely, going forward. But politically, what do you do? 
the other side of it is you reduce benefits. And they're not doing it. No. In the last two years, Social Security benefits have increased $219 billion mm-hmm. in two years. That's yeah. $100 billion a year. It's going up. Well, because politically you say, uh, they say, look, we need a uh, cost of living raise. I mean, there's there's always the cost mm-hmm. of living raise built into it. But as as we see record inflation, of course, that cost of living raise has to be greater and greater. And they write what we said here, what we've said many times, like Medicare and Medicaid, Social Security will have to be reformed eventually because its current course is unsustainable. But denialism by GOP candidates will make it that much harder to sell modest benefit adjustments to voters, giving Democrats more leverage to demand bigger tax increases. Is that what DeSantis and Trump want? And it's a great point. And it gets back to what we've said, though. No, the whole budget problem is Social Security will be taken care of if we get rid of foreign aid and wasteful spending. That the majority of Republicans and Democrats still believe in it's completely false. And Mm -hmm. we got blasted a couple of emails this week for people taking what we said out of context. Mm -hmm. But nobody wants to hear it. We want to live in a delusional fiscal world. Guys, your opinion is wrong. It's not my opinion. None of it's my opinion. It's observation of the math. It's, it's not, observation and, and of it's, the facts. It's, it's not an opinion. It's not, it's not going to change. Right. It's not going to change until all of a sudden the money just isn't there. And the next administration has to deal with it. And all the excuse- whoever the, the right. next president mm-hmm. is, they're going to have to deal with it because that president will be sworn in in January of 25. And they will be in office until January of 29. And that president who is sworn in then whoever they may be is going to walk is going to walk through all of that because that's when the money is gone and during be- that period and before i get the email yeah but you're forgetting about the ious that have never been paid back no by law they got to put that all back in that's why it's coming out of the budget right that's why more is coming out of the budget because the ious are being paid off right now and the massive interest on the massive national debt, debt is yeah. growing, and we're, we've reached a point that in a one-year period, we've already gotten to over a trillion in interest. Yep. From the end of October last year to the end of October a couple of weeks ago, $1 trillion in interest. Half of our deficit, yearly deficit now, is interest on the debt. Yep. And now we're close to 33.5% or a third <laughs> of the budget is now uh, uh, is now uh, being borrowed. Right. A third of it. And it keeps going up. We'll soon be at 40%. Right. We'll be borrowing more with the... What did you tell me Treasury bills were? You said six months is 5.5%? Yeah. Wow. Uh, somewhere in there. Wow. Uh, I've, I've left the page, but it, yeah. Wow. 5.5%? Roughly? Yeah, we have fiscal problems that we have to address and being angry at us because we bring you the math does not solve the problem. May make you feel better because you get it emotionally. You get to scream at us in an email. It doesn't change the math. Nope. It does not. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested. Trusted guaranteed since 1920. 
We finally got the complete U.S. agricultural export numbers for fiscal year 2023, which ended September 30th. So how did we do? Drum roll, please. Agricultural exports are $178.7 billion. USDA economist Bart Kenner says that's 9% below 2022. Sounds like a big drop, yes, but Kenner says you have to put it in context. We had some pretty big spikes in the past couple of years in agricultural exports. A lot of that spurred by uh, exports of grains and oilseeds to China in particular. 2022, a phenomenal export year with dollar amounts off the charts. So Kenner says this past year, instead of being viewed as a horrible year, is instead actually kind of a return to more normal trends in terms of agricultural trade. Trends affected by generally lower commodity prices and a strong U.S. dollar making U.S. products less price competitive on world markets. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Lubes. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, since we we did bring a little good news at the top of the hour, more good news. Yeah, all right. It's more good news because of horrible news. Okay. The IRS has set new tax brackets and a standard deduction yeah. for 2024. Mm. The higher limits for the federal income tax bracket and standard deductions are intended uh, to avoid what's known as bracket creep. Which wait, happens wait. When... wasn't that what they called Obama during basketball season? <laughs> ah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> we'll have the information on the new tax brackets coming right. up following the bottom of the hour. <laughs> Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Sarah Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm sorry, bracket creep. <laughs> That's a pretty good line, huh? That was a good. That was really a good line. Oh, when Obama did the college basketball brackets. Yeah, that's what they called Obama <laughs> during basketball season. Uh, all right. Uh, so the um, uh, bra- bracket uh, creep, we're talking about <laughs> the good news because of the bad news. Because it's, yeah. in essence, what it is. Because ah. because of inflation. Yeah. By the way, uh, that will be the name of my next band. We will be basketball metal called the Bracket Creeps. I like it. Yeah. Because right. yeah. everybody would say, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, we'll tell you. What's a bracket creep? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the standard deduction uh, for individuals will be 14600 up from 13850 Yeah. Uh, it will rise to 29200 up from 27700 for married couples. Did you know it went up last year? It went up 
even more last year, uh, percentage-wise. Uh, heads of households will now see their standard deduction jump to 21000 Nine hundred in twenty twenty four, up from twenty thousand eight hundred. Hmm. Uh, the IRS is increasing the tax brackets by about five point four percent for both individual and married filers across the different income spectrums. The top tax rate remains at thirty seven percent in twenty twenty four, and that hits if you're making over six hundred nine thousand, mm-hmm. and that's your adjusted gross income. Yeah, that's, that's after. Yeah, that's after everything. Right. Uh, 37%, 35% over 243,000, over 30, uh, 32% over 191,000, 24% over 100,000, 22% over 47,000, 12% uh, over 11,000, 10%, wow, mm. up to 11,600. Mm. Okay, that's after the deduction, though. Okay. Yeah. That would be after your standard deduction. Right. So, okay. So I yeah, like, I was like, really? And right. Then I realized, okay. So, and, and that, there's that, also the way, credits that apply on lower income. Yeah, by that way, that's individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, tax brackets for joint filers: thirty-seven percent over seven hundred thirty-one thousand, thirty-five percent over four hundred eighty-seven thousand. Now, remember, if you make, if, I think people know this, if you make, for example, because uh, it's a twenty-four percent taxable income over two hundred one thousand five hundred. So, if you make two hundred ten thousand. That difference between two hundred ten thousand and two hundred one thousand—that's at the twenty-four percent tax rate. And then you go down through the tax track tax brackets of twenty-two, twelve, and ten on the lower income. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. just so you know. But good news, uh, good news because of the bad news. Yeah, yeah. And and the the good news is it won't seem like it's any different. <laughs> That's the no. Bad news. You won't really feel much of a difference at all. Uh, meanwhile, Joe Manchin uh, has announced he will not seek Senate re-election. Not, Shocked. Not surprised. Uh, we, we've been asking, actually, if, if he would bow out because there was no doubt there was going to be a Republican challenge to that seat. And I think he likely saw the internals shaping up that he's just not going to have the support that he's had all these years going forward. And good. Now, the question is, what is it? How does it change the map? I don't if you look at the uh, what, I don't know, what would you call prediction forecast uh, map in the Senate for 24? This was already factored in that there was a strong chance that a Republican challenger could beat him. It it wasn't necessarily a given. But it was factored in to where the you know how the the senate might shape up in 24 yeah and and democrats were nuts yesterday on this yeah they right. were just nuts right msnbc whatever i mean the the media was like mm. we just lost a senate seat yeah definitely lost a senate seat now you know what i wondered we, about I, I i kept wondering too about uh mitt romney um and by the way do you see that there were the, the story also came out that mitt romney and mansion want to form a bipartisan committee to rain to help rein in spending, and I thought, well, who's going to be on the right side? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I kept thinking about Romney because I thought about this, and, and the reason I've been saying for years I think he's a one-term senator is because of the way that he got in. He went in, 
and kissed the ring of Donald Trump looking for the endorsement. He got it. And the moment he got in, he turned on Donald Trump. And I think and, and it's not necessarily just on the surface about those two people as personality personalities. It's about the rank and file voter in Utah. And I don't know what what it looks like. Um, he still had plenty of support in Utah, but I don't know if he had enough to win after what he did. And I had been saying since almost since the beginning, probably in the first year that he was probably going to be one term in the Senate uh, after what he did. And, and, and that's the case with Manchin. It's been shaping up for a while, but I think uh, one of the things that, that really came to the surface uh, was, you know, how he would say one thing, well, I'm going to, you know, we need to, and I'm going to, and if you're liberal and in his state and you voted for him because he's a Democrat, you don't like him at all. Well, we all knew he was getting played by the Democrats. We stated it. Then when he yeah. got played by the Democrats, he faked outrage. Right. Yeah. And the and the liberal Democrats don't like him because no. he didn't go liberal enough. And, of course, Republicans, we kept saying, you and I kept had to remind people, look, he's not a Republican. He's not going to change parties. Even if he, he did change parties, he's not a conservative. He likes to walk a fence. And you can't do that today. Well, I want them to do that because I want to know <laughs> what the definition of a moderate is cutting spending. <laughs> exactly. Because I know yeah. I, I, I can tell you the Democrats, for example, the Democrats want to balance the budget through taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through increased taxes. Right. Because tell me what they want to cut. Right. Any Democrat, tell me what any... Any rank-and-file Democratic voter out there, tell me what any Democrat politician in Congress, what do they want to cut? Right. Defense spending, maybe. Mm. But even most of them understand you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But maybe defense spending. What else do they want to cut? Right. Moderates. you know, And they don't. They want to raise taxes. I'm really... And, and uh, Republicans know they have to cut but they're afraid to cut. Mm-hmm. You saw that when we talked about what has to be done with Social Security and Medicare, how mm-hmm. to reform it, mm-hmm. because they know if they dare touch it, they'll get voted out of office because the public isn't, the, even with inflation, the public is not in a cutting mood. And the public will not be a cutting mood in a cutting mood as long as inflation is this bad. And if we go into a recession next year, they will definitely not be in a cutting mood whatsoever. So right. the Republicans know we have to cut. But the party is split on how to cut. Yeah, yeah, all the way up to Trump, mm. because yeah, nobody right. will say where they'll cut, even right. though they know they need to cut, and they talk about the fact that they have to cut. Right. And even when they say they're paying for something, they're not paying for something. Well, and, and as we the, saw that, we saw that with the um, uh, with the deal that they wanted to make on um, oh, what was it earlier this week? Where they wanted to take away from the uh, the IRS. Oh, for Israel, yeah, right, yeah, for yeah, for funding yeah. for funding for Israel, they mm. said, well, it must be paid for, so we want to take it out of the of of the uh, um, uh, Democrats' bill that uh, yeah, the Inflation the, Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act that yeah. is going to hire eighty thousand IRS agents 
if we're going to fund whatever the the billion was it twelve billion or something for yeah, fourteen billion fourteen for, billion for Israel yeah. that comes out of that bill therefore it's paid for mm. and it was one of the uh, was it Massey or forgot who it was uh, I think it was Chip Roy no it wasn't Chip Roy it wasn't no it was Massey so came came out and said he didn't vote for it mm. and they said why didn't you vote for it he said because they're not telling you the truth it's not paid for mm-hmm. because the bill the Democrats. The the uh, that bill, uh, what was it called again? What was that bill? The Inflation was, Reduction the Act. The Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I know it began with an I. The Inflation mm-hmm. Reduction Act isn't paid for. Mm-hmm. They're borrowing the money. So all you're doing is taking borrowed money and switching it. You're saying it's paid for, but it's not paid for. Right. And that's the problem that the Republicans have. Right. The Republicans know they have to cut. They want to tell you that they're trying to. We're, we're making sure that any additional spending is paid for. But it's not. They can't tell you the truth. And why not? Because the majority of the public doesn't want any cuts, even though the majority of the public tells you we need to cut. Yeah. I mean, you you can't. There's there's the problem. And gone are the days where you can be the every man to everyone. You know, the whole idea of a moderate. And meeting in the middle. I mean, there's going to be compromise. But you're going to there's there are going to be people on both sides of you angry at anything that you do right now, and you and that that doesn't even include cutting spending. It's I I just don't know where that turnaround is. Now this one from Speaker Johnson. <clears throat> he tells New York City that if they want funding for migrants. Republicans will consider it, but they have to get rid of their sanctuary city status. Hmm. How do you guarantee that? You can't. Once the money is spent, they can go back to it. They can go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. If you bail them out, they may say we're no longer a sanctuary city, but what does that mean? Will they stop taking in migrants? Right. Well, any any given person in that in any given position of power there locally can decide whether they're going to cooperate with ICE or not, whether they're going yeah. to spend resources or whether their department is going to do what it's supposed to do in cooperating with ICE or not. And if you're, you're sanctu- not, you and know. if and if you're a sanctuary state, does it matter if you're a sanctuary city? Right. Yeah. Exactly. This is and where and where where is the binding, you know, mechanism in in that agreement? I don't know how you make a binding there, mechanism. There, there isn't. There's no way to enforce it because if you say we're going to give you this money now, well, a year later, then you make it a sanctuary city. What the federal government can sue New York to get the money back? It's not going to happen. This is full of landmines for Johnson. Yeah. Unless I'm missing something, this is full of landmines. I don't like it. Well, <laughs> you, because he because he knows. He has to know you can't enforce something like that. Unless he also knows they won't give up the sanctuary city status. So he can say, we offer them money, but they have to give this up. Mm -hmm. And they know they won't give it up because as liberals, they can't. Maybe. But it still doesn't go very far. It's not. I don't think it's great political leverage. Neither do I. You just point out to it, you know, to the American people, we're not going to fund them to repair something that happened as a result of their sanctuary city policy. Right. We're not going to pay for that. Right. The correct thing is you 
You said you wanted this. You got it. You pay for you it. Have to, you have to figure if, out how if, to pay for it. If you don't. The I, American I just, people are not paying for it. And, and this is where you talk about the fact, again, this is all, whatever Congress gives them will be borrowed money. Yep. Is this going to be paid for? Mm. You know, and this where it gets into, well, how conservative really is somebody even like Johnson? That would bring up that question. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Seriously, I think for the fourth debate for Republicans coming up in December that they should just take all the money and have mm. an open bar. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And the candidates can be there. Yeah. Everybody can mingle. And yeah. you, you, have a, you have a megaphone. Yeah. yeah no, or you I... stand up on the bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Ramaswamy has to do five shots. That's kind of the idea I had for them picking a new speaker. <laughs> with a conch. A conch... <laughs> And an open bar. <laughs> I've got the conch. I've got the conch. <laughs> Sit down. You're Liz Cheney. You're not even a member of Congress anymore. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait yeah. a minute. Hold it. Huh? John Kerry didn't didn't want Liz Cheney in the <laughs> in in their group to have moderates figure out how to cut the budget. Yeah, no, it was uh, that was uh, uh, that was Romney and Manchin. Uh, and Manchin. Yeah. yeah, not John Kerry. What I say? You said John Kerry. Who was it? Uh, Romney and Manson. Romney. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. there's no difference. <laughs> there really isn't I did, much of a difference. I did say Kerry, didn't one I? Of them, <laughs> one of them has much better robotic plastic surgery. <laughs> I'll never forget that time, and it was a repeat last year. Mm-hmm. And and I was watching, uh, it was Last Man Standing with... Uh, with Tim Allen, and he's mm-hmm. in the pickup truck. Yeah. And I never saw it coming. And they were talking about how disappointed the young daughter was because she's really conservative and yeah. joins the military. And she was not a Romney fan at all. And all of a sudden, she was. he says, yeah, you're still upset about the Romney loss. She goes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you know, Romney's a robot. Oh, my God, I laugh. I I died laughing because you had said that <laughs> years ago. Years. I couldn't believe they said yep. that. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.